What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the My Virgo Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Chi Chi, and I have a special guest with me today. We have Daniel, the past life regressionist. But, but before we get started with our chit chat, you know how we get down. Let's get to our five deep breaths. I need five slow, deep inhalations through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Let's go. Breathe in. We are in Aries season. Shout out to the Aries and all the fire signs, the Sagittarius and the Leos. Cheers. Shout out to the air signs, Geminis, Aquarius, and Libras. Cheers to you. Shout out to the water babies, the Cancers, Scorpios, and Pisces. And last but not least, the Virgos, the Capricornus, and those Tauruses. Whoop, 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 whoop. And speaking of Tauruses, you guys, we have, uh, like I said, Daniel, the past life regressionist in the house. Our first masculine, divine masculine energy in on the podcast for the 2022 you guys daniel welcome to the my virgo friend podcast thank you so much for having me all right so tell us all about yourself i'm so excited to have you here um like i said you guys he is a past life regressionist if you don't if you've never heard of a past life regressionist you're about to find out right now okay and we're going to talk a little bit about my experience too oh snap so stick around uh so daniel daniel please tell us all about yourself well First, I probably should share that I just learned something about myself right now is I need to work on my breathing. Oh, really? So thank you for bringing that to my attention. I mean, even though you didn't call me out on it, but when I was doing the yeah. five breaths, I was just like, damn, I'm getting a little lightheaded right now. I need to, yeah. oh, I need to focus on that a little more. So, so it matters. You. The breath work matters at the beginning. Thank you for the confirmation. I think it was really cool. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was very you. Yeah. <laughs> I receive it. So who is Daniel, right? That was the question. Who is is Daniel, the past life regressionist? Yes. Well, I'm Daniel, the past life regressionist. I'm getting a little giddy right now. (laughs) You just have this fun energy now. I just want to be like, like a little giddy kid right now, but I'm going to try to keep, I'm going to try to ground it in Mr. Taurus right now. That's right. Grounded Taurus man. Grounded. So I'm Daniel, the past life regressionist and also yeah. the host of Timeless Spirituality, which is a podcast. Yeah. And yeah. So I guess my name, the past life regressionist kind of explains what I do, mm-hmm. but then I probably should explain what I do, which is exactly past life regression is a form of hypnosis where you can be taken back to revisit a past life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. It's just, yeah, it blows my mind every time. I do it myself or I do it for someone else. And Mm -hmm. when I say back in time, I mean using the subconscious time, I'm sorry, the time machine that resides inside of your subconscious mind. So it's not like you're jumping into DeLorean Uh and and hitting 88 miles per hour to go back in time. So reference right there. (laughs) Everything resides inside of us. Mm -hmm. So past life regression can be used for a multitude of things. It can be used just to understand yourself on a deeper fundamental level mm-hmm. in a more tangible way, which is why you may feel the way you do about certain things. Yeah. It can be used to address health issues, but I always have to stress that I'm not a doctor. I'm just a past right. life regressionist. So first see a doctor if you're right. having health issues. Yeah. And if you've gone through all of the channels, maybe past life regression can help you address mm-hmm. whatever the issue is. Yeah. And I believe it really can also help you with emotional issues as well, but still, Work, work your way there first. Right. Um, okay, Dan. So before we dive into like the past life regression and stuff, like tell us more about where you are, like where are you located right now? Are you in the, are you in like the Florida area too? I'm in Los Angeles. LA. Oh, do have you, uh, did you grow up there? Mm-hmm. Born yes. and raised. How is that uh, growing up in LA? Well, 
I think I fit in here, but I also didn't fit in here. Okay. I like to say please and thank you. I like to smile at strangers. I like yeah. to ask someone how their day is going. Be which, courteous. Yeah, that's probably a better way to sum it up. Uh huh. There's just there's not a ton of that here. No, I've yeah, only so. visited once. I've uh, been, went to uh, Santa Monica to visit my friend like years ago. So it's a great place, though. I'm very fortunate to be here because mm-hmm. I don't think you can beat the weather. Yeah, there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. I've lived here my entire life and I'm still learning things about the city, still have places to explore, which is so cool. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's it's got its L.A. flavor to it, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I'm right. meant to be here, at least for now. So, mm-hmm. and being a Taurus, not only just a Taurus, but someone with four placements in Taurus. Shoot. I'm comfortable what are, here. What are those? We got to hear that. I have my North Node in Taurus, my Mercury, Moon, and my Sun. Damn. So, especially with that Moon there. You know, that sun and Moon? Damn. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so like uh explain because you know, like this podcast does try to educate on astrology, like on you know the introductory levels. So like when it comes to like seeing your Taurus moon play out, can you like describe that? Well, <laughs> I I just think back to a conversation I had with one of my clients two days ago. Mm-hmm. We had the same birthday, not the same moon sign, but the same birthday. And we had a conversation, I kid you not, that lasted about a half an hour talking about sheets. Okay, comfort. Yeah. The comfort factor of it and how how we understood each other on that level of, we just need that comfort. Mm. And and like, I was coming from this place of, I don't necessarily care about if it's Egyptian this or that or or the hotel edition of this or that or whatever the most lavish thing is. Mm. I don't care if it's that. Or if it's a $20 set of sheets, as long as I'm comfortable in it. Yeah. Can I take a nap on it? Exactly. And (laughs) I was telling her also how I went in, had a, or I rented an Airbnb a couple months ago and Mm -hmm. I brought a sleeping bag with me because God forbid the sheets weren't comfortable. So Mm -hmm. I ended up sleeping in my sleeping bag on top of the bed because the sheets weren't, they weren't as soft as my sheets. And then she said, well, why didn't you just bring your own sheets? I'm not going to do that. That's disgusting. Yeah. I don't want to put them on someone else's bed. Yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily how my Taurus mood always plays out, but it's the comfort, it's the familiarity. And I think it can be a bit of the rigidness too, if I'm being honest. Because yeah. I can be incredibly stubborn. Yeah, that's one of those Taurus things. They are stubborn. Very. <laughs> and I'll own that one. However, yeah. I think that my stubbornness really shows up in some very healthy ways. Where I don't believe I can be swayed by a crowd if something feels wrong to me. Come on, let's go. It's it's just that stubbornness of, no, you can, you can tell me it's right, but if it feels wrong, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to stick to my guns here. I'm not going to budge on this one. I'm going to, I'm going to be that immovable bull. Yeah. And you know, those people pleasers, you know, that, that's, that tune tends to tune into my podcast. I'll be speaking to the people pleasers, you know, cause we're moving away from that. We can learn from the Taurus people, you know, just, you know, standing your ground and really having a solid, firm faith and foundation and belief in something, you know, instead of just go believe in whatever, what the wind blows, or like you said, mm-hmm. whatever the crowd is believing, you know, just having a, yeah, just really planting your feet firmly into something. Right. I believe that that's a strength. Of yeah. course, my stubbornness can show up in ways that are detrimental to me. Now, I'd probably have to sit and think mm. about that for a few minutes because yeah. I, I choose to focus on the positives. Uh-huh. But I feel this is also where my rising comes in. I'm an Aquarius rising. Okay. Which. Oh, how was that? I was just I, talking about Aquarius men on the last episode. As an Aquarius rising, I think the most appropriate statement for me to make is I think it's the best of the rising signs. Oh, of course. I'm very, yes, of course. I'm very fond of it. All right. <laughs> and I feel what's interesting about my big three there, since I do have my sun and moon in Taurus and then my rising in Aquarius, wow. is you got you got that 
that Taurus just wants to be grounded in, just wants to be super practical about everything. Yeah. And then you got my Aquarius side that's just like revolutionary. We're going to do things different. We're going to rebel against the way things are. Rebel. And then Mr. Taurus over here, like, oh, no, no, we're oh. comfortable over here. We don't want to change. We and got Aquarius, everything we need right here. Why do we want to disrupt the peace? Why? Right? Why buck convention? <laughs> right. And then Mr. Aquarius is like, how much is it going to cost? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my Aquarius voice, by the way. It kind of goes up a little bit. And then, yeah, I, I'm going to do things my way. And, and I, I got to be unique about everything that I do. Yes, that is very No, no, Aquarius. no. With every stride and chew, that's what we need to do. No, yeah, wait, why did you try to chew anymore? Yes, yes. Okay, I need voices for my signs. You guys, that is your homework. <laughs> Get a voice for your sign placements. Yes. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a show, um, United States of Terror? It's like I a throwback it. show from Showtime. Mm-hmm. It um the lead character, what was his name? Uh Tony Collette. And she realized she has um dissociative personality disorder. So she You're has, not suggesting anything right now, are you? Not suggesting, but I'm just okay. saying, like with the different voices and things and the different personalities, it just brought me to that. But um, but okay, yeah, I need to like really tap in more to like my my Pisces rising, my cancer moon, because I see it, you know, but just really tap more into that. You know, All I right. think it's also can I jump in there really quick? Yeah, yeah, of course. What I even found interesting about what I just said is when we were talking about Taurus, mm-hmm. I had a certain way of presenting, but then mm-hmm. once we shifted into Aquarius, Breeze it through. was like I embodied more of the, <laughs> Hey guys, how's everyone doing? The lightness of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, maybe energy. I'm just associating with it. Mm, no, it's the energy shifts. I feel it. Mm. But even with that Aquarius and Taurus though, it's, it's an interesting combination to have with what I'm doing. Yeah, because there's nothing grounded really about the work that I'm doing. I mean, there is, but on the whole, it's you don't think of it as the most grounding experience in the world Uh when you just think past life regression. You think it's more of an Aquarius thing because it's it's different. Yeah, it's it's um, it's not eccentric, but it's like a taboo type of like, wow, like what you're going there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like breaking the rules you know what I'm saying like oh there's not just one life we live do you know there's another life that we can like tap into yeah mm-hmm. that rebel the rebellion right and even with transits it's really interesting because when I have things transiting through Aquarius mm-hmm. they're squaring all my Taurus placements yeah which so is it's that constant battle between where where do I where do I lay into which side mm-hmm and constantly working on finding the middle ground between not getting too carried away yeah. and not being too Mr. Taurus. Yeah. Cause like, you know, some people, they, they hear their sun sign. They're like, Oh, I'm not the typical Gemini. I'm much more, you know, I'm not as chatty or I'm not as, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not as conversational or whatever, you know? And it's like, but you may have a grounding Mercury sign, you know, which is the sign of communication. So it just really, it, it helps to know like what your other placements are just to give you a little more like identity and clarity of like who you are and who you can show up to be like, you know, you don't have to be the stereotypical personality of your sun sign. You guys, that's why it's so important to like learn your chart and learn your placements. And we love a man that knows his placements. So cheers to you, Daniel, for knowing that you are a quadruple Taurus placement with an, a rising Aquarius. You are locked in. I I thank you to, very much. Yeah, I tend to remember signs pretty well. So double Taurus, Aquarius. I'm okay. fond of my chart. I really like it. I, I think it's the most beautiful chart in the world if I don't say it so myself. Where's your Venus at? Your Venus and Mars. Well, if I tell you where my Venus is, I also have to include other aspects there because... <laughs> like the house that it's in and stuff? Eh, not even so much the house, but just that... I have my Venus in Gemini. However, oh, freaky dinky. We'll see. That's the thing. <laughs> However, it's conjunct my Chiron and it's okay. opposing Saturn. Okay. So I'm still learning all the opposing and the, all the conjuncts and things. It's basically my way of saying I don't get to enjoy the, the stereotypical parts of a Venus in Gemini. Like yeah. when I hear a lot of the definitions for it, it's like, man, it'd be nice if I had Saturn and Chiron on the way. You know, I, and I didn't have to deal with the wounds and then Saturn being like, yeah, pump the brakes, dude. Like, yeah, you know, you don't get to go. Dad there. It's like, no, you can't go to the party. <laughs> right. So that's why I, 
just like you were saying, it's so important to know everything else. Because if I mm-hmm. was just to say to someone, Venus and Gemini, yeah, they will have an idea of the way that I am, which couldn't be further from the truth. Freaky deaky. Mm-hmm. However, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm very vanilla. I'm very, very vanilla. I just very like comfortable. to get. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I get cheese pizza. If I'm feeling adventurous, I'll throw some maybe tomato and basil on there. Oh, shit. But no. I'm very, very vanilla. Yeah. However, we I, love vanilla. I do appreciate a good brain, though. And yes. not in a, in a creepy serial killer way. God, why did I even say that? Like a you know sexual kind of way? Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been the better way to put it. <laughs> like staying up until 4 a.m. just talking, just getting lost in the conversation. Exactly. Aww. Well, cheers to the sapiosexuals listening in, you guys. And that means you get cheers. turned on by conversation, right? By someone's intellect. You're stimulated by someone's intellect, I guess. Um, okay, so please tell us about your spiritual journey. What kicked it off? What was the catalyst? Like, what was Daniel like growing up in this teen, young adult? You know what I'm saying? Like, what got you there? What was that catalyst for you? I was a product of the system. Okay. Just straight up a product of the system, meaning that I was suppressed. Mm -hmm. And look, I grew up a very privileged life. Okay. I would be a fool to not even acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, when I say, you know, being a product of the system and suppressed, I mean, in the sense of not being a free thinker. Okay. I always thought about these concepts about life on other planets, about even reincarnation or Mm -hmm. Star Trek, just anything like that. Yeah. However, in the education system, I was taught that they're just ideas. They're not real because there's no proof of it. And I'm also someone who's very attached to science. Mm -hmm. So I would think about those things, but I wouldn't really indulge in them because you couldn't prove it. So -hmm. therefore, in my eyes, they weren't real. Yeah. And I think that that just shaped a lot of, you know, my, honestly, my early years and my teen years, even into my Mm twenties. And let's just skip forward a couple of years. In my early twenties, I came down with an autoimmune disorder and my faith in Western medicine was front and center. So for years, I was just going to doctors looking Mm -hmm. for a cure. Yeah. And, you know, doctors would say, yeah, I got you. You try this thing. You're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Other doctors say there's nothing wrong with you. So there's that dichotomy there, which is not fun. So which is it? It really takes a toll on your mental health, I'd say, you know, just constantly being just dragged through the ringer emotionally. And then my stepmother got sick and unfortunately passed away back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And around that time, the short story is I started to feel that there was something more. I think that I was just under such emotional, an emotional strain that Mm -hmm. other things started to come to the forefront. And I felt like I was just having a deeper perception of the way things were, but also not really giving stock to it because I was emotionally drained. Yeah. And there was that part of me that's like, you're, you're drained, you're grieving, your mind is playing tricks on you right now. Mm-hmm. But what also came out of that was in the hospital, her sister was talking about a book that she had read called Heaven is Real. It was about, I believe it was about a child who had a near-death experience. And I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you metaphorically speaking, I rolled my eyes in the back of my head when she was talking about this. And then a few months after my stepmom passed away, I came to this place where I wanted to believe that she was in a better place. And still, I use that word believe because I feel that one of the most important lessons I've ever been taught was taught to me by my astrology teacher. His name is Jim Sher. Mm -hmm. He taught me the difference or difference between believing and knowing. And Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'll touch on that one in a bit, but at the time I wanted to believe that she was in a better place. Yeah. So I went in, looked to buy that book. I couldn't bring myself to do it. There was just something about it that just didn't feel right. 
So I was on Amazon and I looked beneath it and there was another book called Proof of Heaven. So I clicked on it and it was written by a neurosurgeon. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to read the description. It was about his experience having a near-death experience. And in my mind, I go to that place of skepticism and cynicism Mm -hmm. right away. And I start questioning someone's motives. And all I could come up with is why would this guy risk everything? Mm-hmm. because he's basically making himself a pariah yeah in his industry mm-hmm. everyone is going to look at him as a crackpot so in my mind he had pretty much not much to gain yeah but almost everything to lose so i was more inclined to be on board with that person's experience yeah and so i read the book and yes it did help move me in that direction of belief and when it came to my health at the time i also started to set the intention of allowing myself to open myself up to the possibility of allowing myself to explore alternative treatments. And a few months later, past life regression just happened to fall into my lap. Yeah. I tried it a little while later and it just changed my life. Mm -hmm. Now I went in wanting to be cured and admittedly it did not cure me. Right. What it did was it shifted my perception of the world. And I'm going to use that word belief again. I was so moved by the experience that I walked out a firm believer in past Mm. lives. Yes. And because of that belief, I then by default believed in future lives. Mm. So I said to myself, look, next time it could be better or could be worse. These are the cards that I've been dealt this time around. So how am I going to play them? And I no longer became a victim of my circumstances, but they were still real. Mm -hmm. Everything was still real. I still acknowledged it. But when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see a sick person anymore. I just saw a guy who had to deal with this really pesky thing. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything for me. So that was really the birth of my spiritual experience. And then I got certified a year later. Yeah, let's go. And I've been doing it ever since. And I, I love it. It's so cool because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You never know. I never know what's going to happen in any session. So yeah, sure. The process is pretty much the same. Yeah. But like for your session, mm-hmm. I had no idea what you were going to see. Right. None whatsoever. So that's exciting for me while you're experiencing it because it's also new for me. Yeah. Now, would you mind just giving like a general overview for like everyone that's listening, like for like the process of like what to expect in a past life regression? Like, are we laying down? Are you sitting up? You know, about how long is it? All that stuff. Let's just start with the laying down or sitting up. It's however you're comfortable. I always recommend that you lay down, but if you're more comfortable sitting up, that's totally cool. Although I'd say do it in a chair with arms if you're going to sit up. Okay, yeah, yeah. For posture. And the process is I ask everyone to set aside six hours. Now, a session will typically last three to five hours, mm-hmm. but I don't want there to be any push on time because what I'm really asking you to do at the same time is to take a day for yourself. Mm, yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are unwilling to set that amount of time aside. Yeah. And well, then maybe working with me is not the right process mm-hmm. or, or maybe I'm not the right fit for you. Although I was taught to set aside six hours. So that is part of the process. Yeah. But it's really important that you just take a day for yourself. Mm-hmm. And beforehand, I will send you a pre-session questionnaire, which we'll go over during the pre-session. And the pre-session questionnaire is geared towards questions you have for your higher self. Now that comes in at the end of the regression. So I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more once we get there. Right. But the pre-session consists of me understanding who you are in this life. Like we're going to talk about your life from birth up until today, Mm -hmm. because I need to understand who you are in the here and now in order to be able to help you spot the patterns in a past life. Right. Because if I didn't know that, then it could get lost on me Mm -hmm. because in a regression, I'm not the one who's seeing who or what you were you are seeing it, you are experiencing it for yourself and you're relaying everything to me. So at no point do you ever have to take my word for it, which is also why I love the process. Yeah. Because you're the messenger, not me. I'm just the dude who's asking questions. Exactly. So I ask questions based off of what you're providing and what I already know about you from what you've told me in the pre-session about your life. Yeah. Once the regression part of the session is done, we move to the higher self portion which is asking your higher self, your spirit guides, your guardian angels, your subconscious, whatever terminology you're comfortable with. I don't really care. It's just still because it's 
whatever is personal to you. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's the heart of everything is you being your own authority and whatever feels right for you. So we will ask those questions to your higher self, which still that information is all coming through you. Mm-hmm. So once we talk to the higher self, it's like we're unlocking access to a part of your brain yeah. that you don't have access to in your normal waking state. Mm-hmm. So you just, it's like a, a heightened awareness that you have. Mm-hmm. Then all the questions will be addressed. I'll bring it back and we'll talk about it. Yeah. It's uh, it was a very cool experience. I'm glad I did it. Um, y'all, we connect. Daniel and I connected last year, and I actually did my past life regression like um a week or so like after my birthday. So it was in September, sometime like in the fall of last year. And ever since then, like it's just been coming in ways. Like you definitely have to take a day off because like you you're just exhausted after it's done. You're just really tired, you know. So you don't need to go driving anywhere you don't need to go trying to go back to work or anything like that no rehearsal or practice anything like you really just need to take the day to just really just let all the thoughts settle you know and just let the intuition speak to you and journal and cry purge all the the emotions and feelings because because it can be overwhelming it can be a lot but it's um for me my personal experience is definitely like exciting um daniel do you have any like remarkable uh, past life regression experiences you might share like some very cool ones yeah i mean <laughs> get all tongue-tied <laughs> on that one you got to be a little more specific than that hmm, like uh i don't know like any scary ones creepy ones like like some of your favorite ones most notable ones my most notables are usually i think will be perceived as the boring ones okay we can go there i feel Maybe still, I don't want to make this statement for every past life regressionist. Right. I feel that a lot of past life regressionists are looking for the people who will bring or bring forth the stories of, yeah. of ETs or other dimensions or alternative history on earth, which all of those are so cool. And admittedly, yeah. that's what it was about to me at the beginning. And I would be disappointed when I'd have the quote unquote normal and, and mundane ones. Mm -hmm. but then there came a point where I realized that it's the heart of everything that really matters. So the session that changed everything for me was a session that I had, uh, which was with someone who was my age and she had recently lost her fiance. And in the regression, she, she saw that they had other lives together. And during the higher self portion, he came through to speak to her. And let her know that everything was okay and that she could move on in a sense because he would always be there. Yeah. In that session to me, it was just, it was one of the most beautiful moments because it was this feeling of, she could have had this experience with anyone, but I was the one who was lucky enough to be a part of it. Yeah. And changed my perception of what really mattered, which was the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. But sure, the other stuff is really, really cool. Yeah. But it's the moment when someone deceased comes in and says, I, I love you. I'm always with you. You've been shown that we've been together before. So we will be together again. Mm-hmm. And I want just, you to be happy. Yeah, just keep looping around. Loop the loop. So that's my favorite session of all time. Yeah. I just, it was so beautiful. It was so, so, so beautiful. And it probably gave her a sense of peace, too, where she's not as tearful, not as depressed, you know, because mm-hmm. she has like a little more peace and clarity. Exactly. You know, um, but then, of course, there are the other really, really cool ones, such as the ones that take place on other planets. OK, go on where I mean, it's like this is sort of the cool thing about my job is like, which which one do we go with? Mm-hmm. Just, there's so many to to choose from yeah okay I'll, I'll give you a cool one because i talked about this on a on a podcast i recently recorded so my client had seen herself as what could be deemed as a, a shapeshifter an alien shapeshifter oh, but, shit. but a good one if there is a difference between bad and good ones okay I, I feel there's a connotation that comes along with shapeshifters always being bad uh-huh and look do i believe that this is real yes Will I say definitively that's real? No, because it, it just seems so out there and how 
how can we comprehend what that's like for there to be a shapeshifter that there could be ETs walking around that look like humans uh-huh. and that we would never know. But for this one in particular, what she had seen was two lives Okay, where she was a shapeshifter and she was supposed to come observe. Well, she chose to observe as a giraffe because the logic behind that was giraffes are very tall. So <laughs> looking from a vantage point, a very high. Yeah. But then she had to come back again because what was kind of said to her was you missed the point. Like you were supposed to go observe humans among humans, not from like a perched up perspective because Mm -hmm. in the act of becoming a giraffe, she was also circumventing the human emotions and what comes along with that. So then she saw herself in a life where she was just, just a normal person walking to a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And just observing what's going on there and feeding something else, which I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. But it was normal in a sense of just looking at regular human interactions. So she's her past life included her being a skinwalker on another planet or here? Here. Here. Okay. Did you have you ever seen like, because like I've seen stories where like, somebody did a past life regression and like they died, but, and then they like went to the newspaper and saw where like a child died in the fire and somebody was like, Oh yeah, my past, you know what I'm saying? Like where they made the connection mm-hmm. from that in yeah. like any of those experiences. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. So for the more contemporary ones, depending on what I feel is, is necessary to really focus on because of course front and center is, is the emotional experience. Yeah. That's what's really important. I don't want to spend time fishing for a lot of details because it takes time away from the emotional stuff. However, if it's something very contemporary, I will ask them to look for identification in one form or another. So just in case they're looking for that confirmation. Yeah. Then it's possible that they could find it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it happens where people will, will get a name or an address and they'll go look it up and say it was exactly the way I saw it, but I've never been to that place before. Or I didn't, I didn't know this family in Nebraska. Yeah. So it it happens. Do you know why we have reoccurring dreams? I don't know. No. Maybe it's the subconscious's way of trying to get our attention with something or something we're trying to act out. Yeah. And figure out maybe your guess is as good as mine on that one. Yeah, growing up, there used to be like specific, like certain dreams I used to have, like all the time. It's like, why do I keep having these dreams? Because it's like, it would be a dream where it felt like it was a memory, but it wasn't a memory, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm only seven. How am I having a dream or a memory dream or whatever? If I'm only, se- you know what I'm saying? I've never experienced that, but I keep having it as if I have. So that was like one of the things that interested me about doing past life regression. I'm like, so ex- glad that you reached out because. I don't know. It was like right on time, you know, like it was around my birthday season, you know, like around your birthdays when you're like reflecting on the past year, what you did do, what you didn't do, what you needed to do. And, you know, like the the chapters you didn't close yet and the ends you didn't tie up yet. So um, it's just cool. And like last night I emailed you like the details and stuff and I listened to my recording. I, like all this time, I never listened to my recording. I was like scared for some reason, but I was like, I don't know. I, I need to re- listen to it to get like a refresher. But like, I think about it all the time. Like I can remember like everything, you know, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I listened to it last night and I, li- I finished this to it this morning. Cause I was starting to like fall asleep. I was like, no, I gotta like listen to it. But yeah, it's just very cool. What was your uh, first experience like? I understood why I had anger and it came from the anger of not being able to act quickly enough and people dying as a result of that and being isolated at the same time. I refer to it like in the life when I first saw, I I refer to it as a, as a foreign exchange program with a neighboring village. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were overlapping similarities between these two places. And in, in the midst of my, my experience in this neighboring village, I started to understand that there was some, some shady things going on. Mm-hmm. And I was in a position of prominence, not, not like a king or anything like that, but the equivalent maybe of nobility. So I was in a position where I had a voice and the higher ups kind of got wind that I was aware of what was going on and that I wanted to blow the whistle. So in order to 
to prevent that from happening, they just figured it would be easier to get rid of the problem mm-hmm. on the other end of things. And I, I won, but I lost. Like I was able to, to have the strength to push back. Yeah. But, but the proverbial button had already been pushed and the orders had already been given mm-hmm. to get rid of everyone. So it was the anger of feeling like a perpetual failure, which until that point in my life, I always felt like a failure. Even if I was succeeding at something, I felt like a failure. I associate it with failing. I never took a success for what it was, was success, a win. Yeah. So once I understood that after my first session, I no longer looked at a win or success that way. I looked at it for what it was. Mm-hmm. You did well, take the win. And then the anger dissipated. And I, I was never someone to have any outbursts. Everything, I, I kept it inside. Stew in the anger. Yeah, you know, like a, like a good old Taurus. Who's just yeah. Gonna be, who's going to be <laughs> stoic through it all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and of course, I still get annoyed or angered by little things. Mm-hmm. I'm human, but it doesn't have a hold over me the way it used to. So that was the most important thing that came out of that session for me, other than me not feeling like a victim of my circumstances anymore. I, yeah. That first session was just so powerful in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. And even as I'm recounting it right now, because it's been a while since I've talked about it, I'm realizing I miss the novelty of that first time. Which me? I'm thinking about all the sessions that I do with people now and how I don't really even at this point, it's become so second nature to me. I don't realize how cool it is that first time because now I just think as a practitioner and now I'm yeah. like, whoa, that first time was really amazing. Yeah. It really changed things for me. So yes, yeah, I guess I was having my little stream of consciousness come out there. So thank you for providing me just with yeah. that space, because I can tell you the next session I do, I'm going to be looking at it through a more childlike lens. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just, uh, oh, that's what I'm going to ask you. Have you ever had a regression experience with someone where um, you unlocked why they have an addiction to something? Mm-hmm. Because it was it was saw in the past life. Could you share yeah. that? I can't cite any specific examples right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. It's one of those things where. Sorry, I was just like, pull it out, pull it out. There's so many, but things just become clear. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean that it's always cured in the moment. Yeah, because you become aware of it. It's just I see it more as an indication of, hey, you better kick this one because we're showing you right now, you know, we being whoever's facilitating on the other side, that this has been an issue for you for multiple lives. So unless you want to deal with this again and again and again, yeah do something about it um when it comes to our natal chart would you say like because i feel like the south node could kind of like line up with past life regression because it is mm-hmm. talking about past lives or whatever could you elaborate on that like the what the north node and south node and all that because you said your north node is in taurus yeah and the north node y'all um the north node and south node it's always going to be sister signs so if his north node is in taurus that means his south node is in scorpio mm-hmm. Oh, which is very cool. Like with the past life regression too, that you have a South Node of Scorpio. Like now my head is gone, but yes, yeah, gone. Yeah. For astrology, it's said that the South Node is a representation of where you've been in past lives. So it's where you find your comfort. Mm, okay. North Node is pointing you in the direction where you may not be so comfortable mm-hmm. because you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So you're just, you're being asked to be pushed in that direction. And I do see a lot of, similarities with what comes up in a past life regression in terms of past lives and where they correlate in in the natal chart but then sometimes they're also just complete outliers where i'll look in the chart and i don't really see it yeah that doesn't mean it's not there that just means i'm not seeing it right but for me right now Mm -hmm. it's it also depends which house system you use because if you use the coke system which i use my south node is in my eighth house Mm mm-hmm and if you use whole sign or traditional, it's in the 10th house. The Let's just say, like, since I prefer to use Coke, I'm just going to go with the 8th house, 2nd house access there. Mm-hmm. The idea of the accumulation of my own resources is very uncomfortable to me. Very uncomfortable. And my Mercury is conjunct my North node. Mm-hmm. So something I've had to deal with is self-expression. Now you have my Chiron Gemini conjunct my Venus too. Mm-hmm. which you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world for me to, to express myself. Right. But I also believe that I've been persecuted in past lives for being vocal about something and being killed for it. 
Okay, so that's how like the overlap with past lives, like why the way you show up in this lifetime, maybe not being so comfortable expressing yourself is because in past lifetimes you were punished for doing that very same thing and just having and just using this lifetime to push you that very same fear. Mm -hmm. So why this is also important is because just because I became aware of it, it didn't mean that it became any easier for me to express myself. Right. It just became more important for me to express myself because I saw the magnitude of it, that this is what I'm here to work on. And if I don't, then I'm going to have similar circumstances, at least I believe in future incarnations. And I just want to deal with it now. Yeah. But with that Mercury being conjunct my North node, it's an indication that I'm going to make my living off of my voice. Right. My voice. Yeah. That's, you know, I can relate to that one because that was like the main message for me with my past life regression, because my, my North node is in Aries. So my South node is in Libra because Aries and, you know, you guys, Aries and uh, Libra are sister signs. So in, in past lifetimes, you know, it was focused on like codependency because, you know, Libra is in the shadow sense, like people pleasing, you know, they're like, they don't have a sense of identity because they kind of mutate into their partner. You know, it's just code, just real codependent energies, you know? And so with Aries energy is very independent and autonomous and bold and, you know, not so much in the head, but acting first and thinking later, but Libra energy is like indecisive and like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like money, you know what I'm saying? Just very, very accommodating and agreeable, you know? So in, you know, when I went and did my past life regression with Daniel, y'all, I saw where there were different times like there was one main specific one but uh long story short I was a child and I was abused and my voice was I I pretty much couldn't use my voice in the moment I couldn't scream for help I couldn't you know I couldn't be rescued anything so in that sense I was silenced like I didn't use my voice to get myself out of that situation and I had another situation where something was taken from me you know so both like I realized that this morning too Daniel like when I was like thinking about everything I was like okay like in both scenarios, I was being taken, like somebody took from me, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, whether I could have defend, defended myself or not, like it was taken from me, you know what I'm saying? So it just makes me look at like, okay, don't be so naive. Don't be so quick to believe people. Don't be so quick to just lay down and take it or, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be afraid to fight back. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself because that's the Aries way. You know, the Aries is going to fight back. The Aries is going to yell and scream. And you know what I'm saying? Like, just really take a little more power and a more powerful and bold approach. Whereas like for me, Libra want to keep the peace, you know, say, oh, I don't want so-and-so to be mad at me or, you know, I don't want to be sad. You know what I'm saying? Like just looking at like, how does it meet my needs versus how does it meet other people's needs? So since I did the past life regression and I had that highlighted about myself, it's like, oh, that's why I tend to do A, B and C. That's why I'm like, I don't believe in myself as much as I should, because in past lifetimes, you know, you know, say that was frowned upon or, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have that support. So if you feel like, you know, something is so-called wrong with you, or you feel like you have some unanswered questions and, you know, you just feel like there's just something about you that you just want to explore more in, you know, start, look at your natal chart, have your natal chart done, look at your South node, and that'll kind of give you a peekaboo into like your past lives. And if you feel like, okay, I want to go a little deeper into my past lives, then reach out to Daniel. You know, this is what he does. He has years of experience. He loves this stuff, you know? So, um, and I could tell you, I enjoyed my experience as well. So if you're wondering if past life regression is for you, start with your South node, look at your natal chart and look at your South node. If you know what your North node is, your South node is going to be the opposite sign of that. Okay. The sister sign of that. And, you know, just do your own research. Start there. Like I always tell y'all, anything you hear in here, always do your own research because this is your spiritual journey. You know, I'm only sharing what I'm going through, what I went through. But, you know, the universe spirit will speak to you and let you know what you need to do on your next path. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's past is different. Everybody's future is going to be different. You know, and like, Daniel, you mentioned future lives. Like that's going to be 
playing in my head now because we have that power you know we have that time right now to create our future lives you know that's what we talk about with manifesting and all that stuff you know you guys so you know if you're not if you don't give a damn about your past life at least care a little bit more about your future lives you know what i'm saying because you have that power and that time now you know what you like you know what you don't like you know what your goals and your desires are you know what you write down for your intentions with these moon phases you know so you have that power to create your future life right now um and daniel you said you have timeless spirituality right your podcast that you host mm-hmm. would you yeah. mind sharing that with us sure what like where to find it or yeah what like the what, podcast what you, is. yeah what do you talk about so i split my time 50 50 on past life regression and just other spiritual concepts because yeah. well you know that aquarius rising in me is just thinking i don't want to just do past life regression no. <laughs> although past lives factor heavily into most episodes but just yeah about 50 percent are solely focused on past life regression mm-hmm. and then the other ones are just various spiritual topics and i would say it's in my aquarius rising fashion because mm-hmm. we're a very prideful of that rising side yeah I see. really embodying that it's my approach to it is if i can't do it in my own unique way what's the point okay what so my flavor is not for everyone, but then I believe it's it's enjoyable for a lot of people. So if you're looking for a lighthearted approach, I think my podcast is for you. Yeah. But it also does go deep. There are some really heavy and serious moments in there which are treated with the the seriousness that they deserve. But yeah, I just I don't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want to just have a, a middle of the road podcast. Yeah. And I haven't busted out my Aquarius voice yet, but I probably will at some point. <laughs> but it's it's that type of show where I'm I'm okay going there and yeah and appearing to be playful because look, I, I take my work very seriously. Yes. You know, when when you go deep, I believe you it's like that's where Mr. Taurus really comes in. Mm-hmm. It's like I will go there with you. That's where I, I believe that south node also comes in, that south node in Scorpio in the eighth house, and also Pluto. Yeah at five degrees away from it. So it's like, I will go to the depths with you. Come on, deep waters. That, that very steady Taurus fashion. Yeah. But, but then I'm, I'm going to be very playful when it's when it's called for. You know, I'm not always going to be the guy who's going to be sitting there in a suit and tie mm-hmm. and only talking in a monotone way. Let's talk about past lives today. Let's talk yeah. about karmic relation. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'll be like, hey, so here's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, man, That's that right. was crazy. Yes, yes. <laughs> we love it. Okay, where can we find it at? So I'm on all the major platforms yeah. on Apple, Spotify, Google. Find me on Anchor FM. There's mm-hmm. links to other ones yes. on there, which I'm, I'm not sure what they are, but Anchor puts you on a bunch of them. Will I have the opportunity to be a guest? I'd love to have you on as a guest. All so right. after we, we stop recording, we're going to set something up, right? Yes, we are. And then you can also find me on Instagram at the past life regressionist mm-hmm. or my website, the past life regressionist.com. Word. And um, also you guys, if you just go through my friends list, he's in there as well. You like go to my, my friends list, type in the pet and then it'll pop up <laughs> <laughs> the pet. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> that's him right there. That's him right here. Um, I have that goofy smile. Yeah. We love it. We love the goofy smile. Um, so Daniel, what are your final words? What are you going to leave with us? Your final thoughts. I just want to piggyback on what you were saying about doing your own research. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you feel that this is something for you and I resonate with you, awesome. I'd love to do a session with you, but also go check out other practitioners too, because you may feel that they need or may be more aligned with what Mm -hmm. you feel is right. Just trust your gut. I think that that's what's most important just in every situation is to trust your gut and trust yourself. So if me being here was just an introduction to this process, I'm happy that that was my contribution yeah. to your spiritual journey. Yeah. Find who you feel is right for you. But mm-hmm. what I'll also say with that is be on the lookout for people who say that they're going to fix you. Right. Or that this process will magically cure you. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that has the potential to have miraculous comings about? Yeah, I, I do believe it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I believe it's about the information that you're presented with and what you choose to do with that information. So right. be on the lookout for those people who are going to make promises. And to go back to what I was also saying earlier about the difference between believing and knowing. Yeah. My life changed 
once I understood what that meant, because I saw that I was treating my beliefs as facts. Okay. When someone says, I know God exists, mm -hmm. do they know God exists or do they believe that God exists? Right. Can they prove it? No, right. it's a belief. I believe that there's a, but I can't prove it to you. Yeah. So once you step away from all the absolutes, it's almost like you can take a breath. So I bring this up because also in not just looking at practitioners of past life regression, but any spiritual modality, mm -hmm. look for the ones who are presenting things as beliefs and not facts. Mm. If it's a fact, it's a fact. Yeah, right. Exactly. But if it's not, then, then they don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. if they're treating it as anything other than a belief. So just trust your gut. Yeah. That's it. Just trust your gut. Don't let nobody force nothing on you. Right. Take your stand like a Taurus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. We've enjoyed you. You dropped a lot of gems on us. And um, again, you guys, if you want, if you're interested in learning more about past life regression, if you want to schedule yours today, uh, reach out to Daniel. It is um very enriching experience. Okay. And you know, the work is yours, you know, Daniel, he's there to, he's there because he loves it, you know? And I love that you mentioned like, do your research and find the one that resonates with you because that's love, right? I feel like love is allowing, like, you don't have to come to me, just me or believe what I say. It's like, no, do what you need to do. Cause I'm gonna do this regardless. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, regardless who comes to you, you're going to do it because you love it. And you know that, you're going to attract those people that need it because that's just how you're operating from the energy of love and the allowing and, and the trusting that it's all going to work out, you know? So, um, you guys just, you know, like Daniel said, do your research and, you know, just follow the energy, you know, like the work is yours, you know, find who like, who works with, who resonates with you. And as you continue to allow yourself to be open and, you know, just tapping in to do the work, you'll, you'll have the, the awakening. And now I'm rambling. So I'm gonna go ahead and go. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the My Virgo Friend podcast. Daniel, thank you again. Thank for you for having me. This yes, was fun. You're an amazing host. Thank you so much. Tell the ethers. Tell the ethers. I feel like my podcast. He's an amazing pop. host. Thank you. Thank you. It's gonna pop. I just know it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into the My Virgo Friend podcast. Um, remember, you can reach out to me at chi 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 at myvirgofriend.com. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook, all the places and things. Follow our friend Daniel as well, our Taurus friends. Until next time, you guys, bye-bye. Bye, everyone.